and welcome to the last film of May. It's Tracy Harwood's uh, choice, and you are listening to, and now for something completely machinima podcast and YouTube video, I am Ricky Grove, your host today, along with my pal Damian Valentine and Phil Rice. Hello, guys. Hey there. Um, Tracy is not uh, here today. She was was unable to attend the session. We record all of the sessions at one time. She was at the Oberhausen Film Festival, uh, which is a and had a program that was dedicated to Machinima, and she was going to talk there. So we're looking forward to her report on that experience and what's going on. I'm sure she'll have a lot of interesting comments to make. We've reviewed a couple of interesting films. The first one, After War, short film, was made in Half-Life. The second one, Phil's uh, pick, Sandstorm, was a Star Citizen Machinima by Waylander, was made in Star Citizen. The uh, last film was Damien's pick called Torn Seas. It was a feature film made in Unreal Engine. And then the last one, Tracy's pick, it's an animated short film using the Unreal Engine Genesis by E.D. Resendez. Now, I didn't choose this. I just put the order together. I didn't put the two Unreal films together for any particular reason. But I find that it's fascinating that we have a full-length feature film shot in unreal and this short film shot in unreal as well it'll be interesting to talk about the different experiences between the two uh trace i wish tracy was here to tell you she usually goes into great detail about it i hope to give at least good information um i like this film i like the the musical soundtrack uh, although it was heavy-handed at times um silence would have helped the atmosphere it's essentially a sort of pulp story of uh, a guy exploring a planet in which these creepy creatures show up and he has to fight them. And he's trying to find the source of a energy source. Um, it did remind me of old time science fiction back in the day of Edmund Hamilton, what they call Golden Age comics. Um, it has a marvelous twist ending, which I won't reveal to you. It's smartly directed with a nice, unique plot. It doesn't have any of the problems that I saw with Torn Seas. Uh, it was just the right length. Uh, it's also what I would call a personal machinima film, as opposed to a sort of calling card for Hollywood, uh, mainstream uh, film with uh, Torn Seas. Now, I don't, I don't disparage the effort and skill level of... of the director of uh, Torn Seas, uh, Richard Bosford, uh, because it's quite high, and we made that point. But there's just something about this kind of film appeals to me more. It seemed more like real machinima to me, even though it was made into in an Unreal Engine. Uh, it was engaging. Um, I've always loved pulp sci-fi, uh, uh, and I watch it very, very much so. Uh, it had no sentimentality in it. Um, it was a terrifically enjoyable film, and it, it was a great relief because I watched it right after the uh, long film. I suppose the the contrast between the two made this film maybe a little better than it actually is <laughs> to me. But we'll see with you guys' comments. So, what did you think, uh, uh, Damien? What, what's your take on this film? Um, initially, my first thought was it's got that explorer in space, and he. He lands on this alien planet, and there's a cave with a, a monster in it. And we've seen a couple of 
films like that before on our show. And so it's a little bit, is this an, a repeat of that again, idea again? And it is in, to a certain extent, but it was really well done. And I'm not going to reveal the twist at the end, but when you get to that twist, it makes it very different from those other films that we've seen. It does. Similar uh, monster in a cave theme. Um, and so I went back and watched it again, and I, I got a lot more out of it the second time because of that. I feel like I've seen this before vibe that I was getting. But yeah, you need that. Once you've got that twist, it, it makes it all so much better. Um, obviously, a lot of work was uh, put into this. There's a scene near the beginning where it's before he sets out on his journey and he's on Earth, I assume it's Earth, and you've got this sort of um, city and there's some excellent sound effects for the to make the, the city feel, feel alive because you don't really get to see much of it. It's just very kind of dark and dingy street. And there's detail in that. It's just one shot that you never see that location again. It's just there for about five seconds. And the amount of detail you put into that uh, it's the kind of detail you get throughout the whole film. It's like you didn't have to put so much thought into a five second shot. He did it anyway, and it really adds something yeah. to the to it because you know there's there's places like the cave which he spends a lot of time in the film. Of course, you're going to spend a lot of time making that look good because you're going to spend a, a significant portion of the time of the film there. But even something where you know five seconds he still put that effort in and that shows it says a lot about the director that the detail is important to him yeah and it shows throughout the entire film uh, i thought the the animation was really good and the acting was good as well and you know it obviously is much shorter than torn seas but it didn't need to be any longer than it is it, yeah it a, it's a short tight story and it works really well yeah so um I think Tracy chose a good film yeah. uh, this month. The, the design of the creature I thought was interesting. My partner and I, Lisa, um, watched a box set of Sinbad, the last three Sinbad movies with Harryhausen design. Wow. And they were absolutely delightful. Delightful. I urge you, everybody, I think Shout put them out on Blu-ray. But uh, the creature design in it was fantastic. And this creature absolutely actually reminded me a bit of the Harry Howison design. Very strange, sort of oddly reptilian, but humanoid. I found it quite, and the animation for it was good. And the fact that they were uh, silent, other than that their movements and their uh, little sound coming from them, there was no language or anything like that. You saw them as beasts, which brings when the twist comes adds even more impact to it. Mm. Bill, what are your what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I right away got uh I don't know what the right term is, but and you mentioned it earlier, but that old school sci-fi pulp. Yeah, pulp story. That's right. Um very much has that feel. And Damien, you've seen this not just in other machinima movies, but this concept uh has been done many times. I mean it's it's in a sense, it's it's a centerpiece scene in the original Alien movie. Right, yeah. You know, you're not only in this foreign place, but now you're going to go to an even deeper, darker, more unknown <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's an archetypal story, and it, sure. it's for good reason. It's yeah. for good reason, because it's something that we, we, we constantly think about, I think, when we think about visiting other worlds, 
or even visiting strange parts of the globe we've never been to. Um, so yeah, it's it it the story doesn't die; it doesn't go away because it is still intriguing. Yeah, and has been I think for centuries the 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 notion of that just we we've changed the the skin on it, the paint job on it because of our our you know new technology and stuff. But that that story is still there. Um, and I love that. Um, I there's some wonderful sound moments in this for sure. And Damon, you pointed out. Uh, a really notable one. The other one, I'm, I'm just going to call the transformation, <clears throat> but not go any deeper into that. But there's some sound going on during that kind of pivotal scene. It's just delicious, really good, like just really good sound going on there. Yeah, but there's other parts where Foley is notably lacking, and I'm talking about movement in that spacesuit and to a lesser degree footsteps. Um, the, have you ever been in a cave like a real cave it's it it has a noise it has a sound uh, yeah. and there wasn't really much ambient sound to this cave and i feel like it should have had that maybe a little bit less score and a little bit more soundscape yeah i think you're right i think would have been effective uh the score was 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 very decent um but yeah i i, I would have loved i think it would have been even more creepy I agree. To step into that cave and no music telling you how to feel, just these the sounds of this cave. Mm-hmm. Um, wind, wind, actually, caves do. Oh yeah, things. and dripping and uh-huh. oh yeah, and, and sort of crackling and well. yeah, yeah, wonderful stuff. I think if I'm not mistaken, it would. I hate to keep bringing up Star Wars. I'm like, what? What a nerd. It's, Sorry, it's, David. Star Wars great. Up Star Wars, isn't great, it? but. But I, if I'm not mistaken, one of the times when there was little to no score in the super score heavy Star Wars trilogy is on the in the Empire Strikes Back when Luke first gets out on Dagobah, the swamp planet. Whoever made that movie was smart enough to know, let's hear what this place sounds like, because there's lots of sounds and in, in even an earthly swamp. It's amazing. Go down to the middle of Louisiana and go into one of those swamps and it'll freak you out. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's so much going on there. And, you know, a cave less so, but but still um missed opportunity there. Uh that 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 would have been fun. Uh, but I love the feel of the story overall. Um I, I think that the the dialogue that was there or I guess monologue uh, him speaking was employed just right. Uh not too much. No lengthy exposition just i mean I, I think at points wasn't he kind of talking to himself yeah at one point he was talking to the creature who doesn't <clears> speak <throat> right but it wasn't constantly oh i'm thinking this now oh now i'm going to go do this yeah the that's flaw, good he left left gaps in the previous in film right we're talking right. about so this this was a great balance on that um the the Rap slash dance ending. I think we need to talk about that. I liked it. I thought it was good. What's your problem with it, you old fart? Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, to me, it's like if you put a rap slash dance ending on the end of one of Rod Serling's Twilight Zone episodes. There's just no... 
there's just no making it work. But look, <laughs> let's look at what it was for what it was. <laughs> I, I am going to choose to interpret it as this was the touchdown dance <laughs> for this film. The guy's just finished making a great short film. And he's happy. He's celebrating, yes. He's celebrating. He's going to spike the effing football. That's a good way to see it. And you know what? Nobody, you know, nobody can take that away from him. It's it's have some but, fun with it. But thematically, you're right. A twist ending that leaves you with a certain feeling. Yeah. The the ending credit ending would have been nice to have it with that feeling. Yeah. As opposed Make to a the... separate video with the rap slash dance thing. <laughs> that that would have been my advice. But and in all seriousness, though, because <clears throat> You know, nobody likes a filmmaker who takes themselves or their work too seriously, right? But this film was so good as a serious piece, so effective in creating a certain mood. And then like like we've both all referenced and I think done pretty good without spoiling when the when the twist happens, it's like, oh, oh. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I didn't see it coming. I didn't at either. all. No, not. That's not oh. easy to do. We are jaded folks. We are. We've seen a lot of stuff. It's hard to surprise us. It's hard to give us that, you know, the end of the Sixth Sense movie kind of, whoa, what? No. You know, so this guy did that in this short film, and that's great. Um, So anyway, no, I kid. I mean, hey, the rap dance ending, it's harmless. Uh, But it, 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 yeah, it, it, it made me. It kind of made me realize this must be how my son feels when I tell a dad joke. <laughs> right? He still loves me, but he doesn't want to be seen with me. <laughs> and that's kind of how this made me feel, the, the dance rap ending. So, yeah. How, how no, I you, loved Dan? this film. What Great film. You? Nice title. Yeah. Very apt title. Um. Yeah, it's 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 good. Damien, what was your take on the rap ending at the in the credits? It well, so I watched it. I watched got that got to the twist ending, which I was still not going to talk about. And the credits started. I reached down to get a drink, and suddenly that st music started playing, and I wasn't paying attention to the credits. I intended to watch the credits, but I thought I need a drink, so I reached, and then it was like this, and it started. And I thought uh, you thought it went to the next video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I looked back, and I could see it's the same animation style. So I went reversed back just a little bit to see. If, and yeah, I, I was a little bit uh, surprised by that. It's a an, an unusual choice for credits. Uh, <laughs> That's tactful. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't know if he if he's having fun with it. Why not? Why not have make an entire machinima in that rap style? I think he should do that. Yeah. I think it would be energetic. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I, I was really happy with it. And I think Tracy would have gone in on at length about why it's so good and given us more detail. We're just three dumb dudes who uh, are stooges to Tracy's uh, magnificent brain. But uh, we miss you, know... you Tracy. <laughs> Yeah, that being said, let's let's just get it. Let's just a couple things I want to clarify. First Go of ahead. all, the the twist that we're talking about is not 
the rap dance ending. <laughs> that's a twist, but that's not the one we were talking that's about. That's not the one. It comes early. And secondly, Tracy is the one who picked a movie with the rap dance ending. So, Tracy, we might need to talk to you about this next time. We need to Tracy. talk next yeah. time. I'm putting that down in the notes. Tracy and the rap dance ending. All right, that's going to be on the agenda for next. Uh, yeah, for June. Yeah, give an ac I want to hear the academic explanation for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> we're, you know, maybe we're not so dumb after all, us guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Never mind uh, that my every pick has a fart joke in it. It's, <laughs> it's not rap dance. <laughs> Uh, by the way, June, which is our next uh, month, is going to be in a very exciting month because on June 6th, you guys know what's going to happen? No. Diablo 4. Oh. Uh -huh. So you're going to be absent yeah. that week, are you? <laughs> no, I'll be there, but uh, I'll be thinking Diablo. They expect, or they hope, and many uh, critics have commented on this, that in two weeks, they believe Blizzard will sell 12 million copies of the game in two weeks. Wow. There's such interest. Now, the problem that they've come up with is that during the beta, they've had uh, two beta sessions. Um, and the problem in the first beta session was server-related. People were getting kicked off. There was delays. They made massive improvement on the second one. But there are commenters who are saying the surge of interest and the amount of people hitting those servers on the day it's released is going to be far more than anything they've dealt with in the beta. So they're predicting if they solve that server problem, it's going to be a magnificent opening because the game is apparently just superb. With a few bugs here and there, but fairly superb if they don't it's going to be a disaster for them so what we're saying is this. it's going to be it's going to be released on june 6th right and so mm -hmm. you should plan on enjoying it around june 24th 24th yeah. no actually was... june of the next year 2024 <laughs> yeah. true 12 million people is a long queue yeah, <laughs> yeah. i have a i have a theory about the way that they handle these servers because it seems to happen far too often that it's not just a coincidence is a game launches and at some point there's a, a meeting with the executives and the investors and they say well we've got you know half a million people two million people whatever whatever number they say is not as impressive to those investors as saying our game is so popular that it crashed the servers ah. because they're we cannot we did not anticipate this much demand well that's pr but if you've got disgruntled blow up in your face too blow up, yeah. it's gonna blow up in your face um then they're gonna people who say i'm not gonna play this game i'm gonna tell everybody else not to play this game and that i kind of million... hope that's not their strategy yeah because i think no. i think today's gamers are a little too smart for well that. i don't see how it's even possible that they could have server related problem because blizzard is one of the richest game companies in the world they've got more money than santa claus to be <laughs> able to 
put into servers, you know? If you're worried about that, add 20 more servers, add 200 more servers to the thing to get it right. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I'm also really happy. I'm on my sixth round of playing a new custom character for Elden Ring. Elden Ring uh, came out of, in May, March of last year. I'm still enjoying it. It's my favorite game ever. Oh, that's Fantastic. Great. And uh, I hope to do some machinima in it once I uh, get to the point where I've stopped my obsessive playing of it. Now I'm having more <laughs> fun playing it than imagining what I could do. But I'm so familiar with the game now that <clears throat> you can put a scene on and I can tell you immediately where it is and what's going on there. I know it so well. And so I've it done, has and good I, re replay value. Then. It that's, does. That's, massive. that's great. And it's mostly the uh, a build, the type of build, because you have various different ways of playing the game. And there's, I have never played a game that had so many brilliant YouTube uh, creators. Uh, I watched a, a, a guide yesterday in which the guy used machinima tools to be able to show you where something is to get it. Like in almost all the others, they'll show you the map and then they'll create a little graphic of go here, go here, go there. This guy uses an actual machinima, which you can get from a person who's created a uh, modification for it. And he takes you from the start and then he goes through slowly where you real time where you need to go to get this thing and, and so some kind of a free camera to, to yes, just exactly. move around the world wow right. a free camera and it's so much more interesting because i tell you when you try to do the map thing you make one small turn and you're in some place that you're like there are twenty thousand enemies all trying to kill you and you said ah dude I'm just coming to get this thing <laughs> you know and you end up getting crushed yeah uh, but i just love the creativity of the of the YouTube uh, creators. There's one guy that I deeply admire. His name is Thingfishy. T-H-I-N-G-F-I-S-H-Y. And he does these builds and he has such a great production value in his editing and the way he sets everything up. And he has a, a, a beautifully resonant voice and a wry sense of humor. So it's especially good for for players like me who've played it many times because you get to a spot and he'll make a wry reference to something that if you don't play the game, you would miss, but if you do, you'd get it, you know? And there's also an animated 2d series, which is hilarious uh, on the, on the stuff. I'll put a link on that. I, I'm sorry. I should have written the, the name down. Carlot productions or something like that, but it's, they're very funny, very humorous. And, um, uh, so I'm happy to see all of the the uh, content creators and the guides. It, it's just a thrilling game. That's great. It's, it's going to take a lot to, to put me in the middle of Diablo 4 to, uh, to get away from uh, Elden Ring. But uh, I think I think I probably will because I've, I've played every single Diablo to death. In fact, yeah. I actually went back this year and played Diablo 1. Oh, wow. With the fragments Classic. and the same, you know, the same twelve string guitar playing over and over again, <laughs> and the and the 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 right wing turns of your character, you know. Right. It was fun. It was fun. I liked it a lot. 
Well, anyway, uh, th- now I'm going off onto a little reverie. But thank you guys very much. And Tracy, there was a great pick for this thing. Genesis Absolutely. by Edie Resendez, a great YouTube channel and an excellent filmmaker that used Unreal Engine. Uh, if you ha- are uh, Edie yourself or you've seen the film or you're listening to the comments and you disagree or you agree or you have some of your own comments, please contact us. We really like to hear from you at talk at completelymachinima.com along with the show notes in which we'll have uh, links to relevant uh, topics that we've discussed here at completelymachinima.com, our website. My thanks to you, Phil Rice and Damian Valentine, and to the missing Tracy. She'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay.